Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. crew. I know most of us were together Friday night when the news broke, but now that we've all had a chance to process, a quick note. One of the things I've found to be true, time and time again, is that opportunities can be found in the worst of news. Sometimes it's an opportunity to appreciate something you may have taken for granted, or just to take a step back and look at the world around you and your place in it. While this is a frustrating delay, especially as we started to hit a real stride together, I hope all of us take a moment to recognize how lucky we are to tell stories for a living, especially stories with dinosaurs in them. It's a gift. The most invigorating surprise for me on this production so far is how strong we are together. This crew is a well-oiled machine of human ingenuity, the kind of rare army my mentors have built over decades of work together. But every part of our group matters equally. None of us are expendable or replaceable. That's why we're being so careful. I want to finish the game with the team I took the field with. So take care of yourselves, be vigilant, value this time with your partners and children, call your parents. We're making a film about the need for all living things to take care of each other with our own survival in the balance. It's a message that matters. Thank you again for your brilliant work so far. We'll finish the job together soon. Colin Trevorrow.
Welcome to See Jurassic Right, Minisode Edition. <sighs> hey everybody, it's Stephen Ray Morris here. It feels like it's been a minute. It hasn't because I've been doing these See Westworld Right recaps and, and been really diving deep into that show. But it's been a minute since we've talked Jurassic and who boy have uh, things changed a lot in the last month. I mean, really, the big takeaway here today is dealing with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and how much it has affected not only our lives and the entertainment industry. I mean, just every I mean, it's I mean, truly, it's a pandemic. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend you listen to this podcast will kill you because the andologies because both of those shows have done some great work in dispelling myths and flim flam and ways you can help. But today we're going to just talk about Jurassic and how it's affected that a little bit. I mean, I'm just going to dive into it. Um, up top, you heard Colin Trevorrow's note to the film crew because <laughs> it's I feel I feel so bad for Dominion because it was literally like they filmed one week. They filmed one week in Vancouver in the snow and it was like, wow, you know, we were all just getting so excited. And then like as people were heading to London to you know, to start filming presumably some of the bigger stuff on all the sound stages and Pinewood Studios. And yeah, all of it just came to a grinding halt. But, um, you know, life finds a way, as they say. And it was, I mean, it was cool that we got to read Colin's note to the crew that was published. Um, I read that from Jurassic Outpost. Um, it's kind of cool that we got to read it. I really think that's really sweet and I'm glad, and I'm sure, you know, so many other films have been, you know, cause literally every film has halted production right now. I don't think there's a single, a single thing still in production. There's obviously stuff going on behind the scenes and everything and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, as far as actual like filming and production goes, all of it has stopped. So I'm sure every director, you know, or crew, um, you know, crew company, whatever, ha you know, had things to say because it's like, damn, this sucks. And yeah, I mean, I mean, again, just just diving into the real updates. I mean, Universal is closed right now. Universal Studios, along with you know Disneyland and everything. But I got an email saying that the closure of Universal Studios and CityWalk will uh, stay in effect until the nineteenth. But I'll read. Um, this is an email sent to pass holders. Dear past, excuse me, past members, <laughs> dear past members, not past members, past members. Anyway, dear past members, we know coronavirus COVID-19 has impacted many parts of life, including your travel and leisure plans. And we look forward to welcoming you back to Universal Studios Hollywood when the time comes. We continue to follow guidance from health agencies and government officials and are extending the closure of Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal City Walk through the 19th, through April 19th. We are closely monitoring the situation. We'll make adjustments as needed. You can continue to check here for updates. And also, this is the, the good news for somebody like uh, myself and Brenna who have passes. So we're like, wait a minute, like, what's the deal? Like, you know, this is closed during a time when our pass is good. And that kind of sucks if it's like our pass runs out, I think, in July. And it's like, well, that would suck if we lose like two months of, of park time. I know it's being selfish, but, you know, I mean, you just got to think of everything. I mean, we canceled our stubs thing, too, because it's like, oh, well, they're still going to charge us even if we can't go to the movies. So 
Anyway, annual or season passes will be extended by the number of days our theme park is closed. For your FlexPay annual passes, your extension will apply at the end of the first 12 months. Before passes auto-renew onto our monthly membership program, pass extensions will not alter the benefits and restrictions applicable to the pass type or your current monthly installment schedule. The health and safety of our guests and team members is our top priority, so please stay safe and take care of yourself and your family. We look forward to welcoming you back when the time comes. So that's good news. I mean, I think that's I mean, I think that's the, the least they could do in that in that sense. Uh, you know, is honor that in, you know, if we're gonna you know, I mean, it's, I mean, freaking rent freeze. Like, you, you know, how, how we pay for this pass and then, you know, we're not allowed to go. So it, it only makes sense that they extend the passes by the amount of time that the park is closed. I mean, it, it makes sense. So I'm just glad that they're actually doing it. So, and obviously, neut- uh, neutral, neutral milk hotel is closed, unfortunately. No, the Natural History Museum in LA and many other museums are closed all across the world and the, the country and the world. Um, I guess check with your local museum to see how long it's closed for. And I guess I'll mention this now. I'm trying to put together a special episode, a list of dinosaur, Jurassic, uh, and museum type activities that you can do while we're all trapped at home. Again, I hope everyone is safe and sound and doing okay. And yeah, I, I want to put together like a Jurassic list of things that you could do in the meantime. So hit me up if you have any ideas, have any suggestions, if you're making content that you want, uh, you know, making quarant- hashtag quarantine content that you think um, we should all be checking out that's related. I mean, it doesn't, ha- I mean, it doesn't have to be related, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the primary focus of the list I'm putting together because, and I don't have it in front of me, I'll, I'll put it together for this special episode that I'm trying to put together this week. And that is that there's a lot of museums offering digital and virtual tours, which is really exciting because, I mean, you just think about, I mean, obviously, I I just think of, you know, kids at this time or, you know, people who would like normally be going to trips to museums and learning things. And now it's like they're all stuck at home. And I definitely know a few teachers who are like killing it in the in the teaching over Zoom and Skype game. So, you know, it's still a lot of hard work and stuff. So any kind of resources like this are super invaluable. So, I mean, if anybody, again, if anybody knows where I can find some of that stuff, it'd be really awesome to hear from you. Um, I'm also doing digging myself, digging, uh, virtual digging (laughs) for stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Um, What else has been affected? Oh, uh, the Jurassic World live tour also, unfortunately, had to cancel a bunch of dates. I have the dates here. Unfortunately, if you were planning on going in Boston, Greenville, South Carolina, Hampton, Virginia, uh, uh, Vancouver, Everett, Washington, Kent, Washington, Nampa, Idaho. Uh, no, wait. Um, Nampa, Idaho is the first one. So basically it's closed. They basically have canceled the tour from March until right now they're saying uh, basically the first dates back on would be in Nampa, Idaho in June June 11th uh, through the 14th. So uh, I'm sure you can get a refund or they're going to reschedule or something like that. Um, yeah, the refunds will be applied to your original form of payment with approximately seven to 10 business days. And they actually on the website, if you actually go to Jurassic world live tour.com, they have all kinds of details about how you can get your refunds and stuff. No details about rescheduling yet, but which is really unfortunate, but I mean, everybody's, 
right now it's all you can do is kind of just pass the pass the torch along, you know, three months or five months now and hope that things will be better, but you never know. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I, I would say probably get your refund and then hope that it's rescheduled again, but I don't know. I don't know how it works necessarily. I'm sure because I'm, yeah, it's, I don't see anything here about like holding on to your tickets. They're just giving refunds. So maybe just stick with the refund for now and then keep, and then keep an eye on that website for when they reschedule them. So I guess now will be a good time to mention the hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic, which was started by Tom Fishenden, AKA Tom Jurassic from the Jurassic Park podcast. He's been a guest on here many times. He has been such a, a heart of the community in the Jurassic world, in the Jurassic world. Yeah. And so he put together basically a little initiative. It's called hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic. And it's essentially just like we were talking and I, I mean, hopefully I get to chat with him more soon about this whole initiative. But I mean, essentially the idea is like, we need to stick together and help our, help each other not become isolated, you know? And I think that's the thing. It's like, yes, we are all staying indoors and staying safe. And that's really what we should be doing, but there's no reason that we still can't socialize. We still can't check in with each other. We still can't take care of each other. And I think really that's the point of stay safe, stay Jurassic. And yeah, I'll just read the little thing that he wrote. It's important. He, he posted a video. So, I'll, you know, the links will be all in the, in the, the show notes and stuff like that. But, um, and I've been sharing it on, on, uh, SGR pod on Twitter and see Jurassic right on Instagram where I will be, and uh, hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic. It's important we all adhere to government guidance around COVID-19, but it also important. it is also important that we look out for each other and take steps to maintain positive well-being. During self-isolation, we are encouraging Jurassic fans to provide company for each other through social media. Share your Jurassic activities during self-isolation with this hashtag, and let's build a movement where no one feels alone during periods of self-isolation. Remember, stay safe and stay Jurassic. Hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic. So I think that's really great. It's really awesome of Tom to spearhead this and take the initiative and really look out for everybody. Because again, it's, I definitely, for myself, it's, you know, you're, I mean, I'm used to working from home for periods of time, but it's different when you don't have the option. And when the, and even if your schedule, because I just being in the podcasting world, some people have asked me how much my schedule has changed or anything. And it's like, well, my schedule might not have changed that much, but everything else has. So I can only react and, and, um, you know, adhere accordingly. So I really love what Tom is doing. I really love what Jurassic Park podcast is doing, being a place where we can all stick together and hang out and do all that good stuff because we were doing it anyway, but more than ever, now it's time to really, uh, I don't know, just just really make sure it counts or something. I don't know. There's no pressure, but it's that thing of like, you know, just we need to look out for each other. I think that's that's really the message. So I don't need to ramble on about it. Hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic. I'm hoping to chat with Tom later this month as we dive into April. And, you know, and also, again, I want to I also want to provide a resource for all kinds of fun Jurassic things that the community is doing and dinosaur stuff. And just, you know, I think for some people, too, it's you know, you're you're trapped at home. It's time to finally catch up with that, 
you know, maybe you want to play Jurassic World Evolution for the first time. Maybe you want to read the books for the first time. Maybe there's a great YouTuber who does Jurassic content that you're like, oh man, I really need to catch up with that, you know, or just finally start that that awesome fan fiction where Billy decides to uh, invade Jurassic World and try and free the dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't know what your fan fiction is like, but I want to read it. So anyway, I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. Let's take a quick break and dive back into some fun news that's hopefully a little bit more distracting from what's going on right now. I want to kick off this news with a big congratulations to Jennifer and Josh. You know Jennifer uh, from uh, Bryce Dallas Howard Network and from Jurassic Vault, Josh from Jurassic Vault and Jurassic Outpost. Big members of the Jurassic community. They just had a little baby. Wyatt James Evans. He was, uh, when was his, his birthday? Is March 27th. That was two days ago. Big congratulations to Jennifer and Josh. That's, it's just a nice thing to see. And um, give them a shout. Uh, Josh is at Nublar7 and Jennifer is at Jennifer underscore Lynn89. You already follow them, but just in case you don't, give them a follow, give them a shout, give them a congratulations. It's so funny because their their baby was the source of of the Jurassic World Dominion early title release shenanigans because Colin uh responded to the news that they were having a baby with like a new era and all of a sudden everyone thought that was the title cuz Colin's been sneaky like that before where he snuck in things from from his movies in like tweets to people and stuff so um yeah, I just thought that was very funny. But congratulations again to Jennifer and Josh for your wonderful little baby. It's definitely some good news in the light going on right now. Uh, what other good? What other good news? What other good news is happening right now? Uh, well, first of all, it kind of got lost in the shuffle as all the filming got shut down. But uh, a Jurassic World TV show is in development. What? Wait, what just fell? Something just fell right now. Uh, yeah, a Jurassic World TV show is being announced. And it's so funny because at the Collider event that I was at where uh, Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum were announced as returning to Dominion and all that good stuff. And we saw Battle at Big Rock on the big screen. People asked about a live action TV show because because of Battle at Big Rock's huge reception and people loving it and Colin was kind of like well I mean if people are interested obviously but uh, you know I think that this news is is actually much more concrete so this is again from Jurassic Outpost uh, Amblem Television will begin developing a live action TV series not much is known at this time however the series has enlisted Jurassic alumni Colin and Colin Trevorrow and Steven Spielberg as producers Alongside newcomers Justin Felvey and Daryl Frank, it is currently list Van it currently lists Vancouver, Canada as its primary production location, which is a film and TV hotspot, and where Jurassic World Three Dominion uh, pretty much did their only filming. Um, so Daryl Frank and Justin Falvey are the co-presidents of Emblem Television, which where they oversee all the development, and they are currently oh uh, they are both the the big news is that they they. The big news is that they both served as executive producers on the Americans TV show. So if you're a big Carrie Russell fan, then this is awesome news. So that's pretty much all the news there is for that. It's in development. The Emblem Television folks are going to be picking up the torch and, and running with it. 
the exec producers, the showrunners are the people who were executive producers on The Americans, which is rad. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, there's a chance that this show could be part of NBC Universal's streaming service Peacock, but no word yet. It, it, if it takes the direction of like the Star Trek TV show, it makes sense that they would want to make it, you know, part of this exclusive streaming thing. So, I mean, you know, we're all stuck at home. What's one more streaming service, right? <laughs> uh, so it remains to be seen on that. Obviously, I'm sure right now with everything going on, nothing's going to be happening for a while. But I'll return to this TV show later in the questions because I'm curious what kind of Jurassic TV show would you want? Oh, hey, Penny. Some other quick tidbits worth talking about. Over on the Amblem website, they... Over on the Amblem website, they have some Jurassic World Dominion assets that look very familiar. If you haven't listened to last month's mini-side, go listen. We were so innocent back then. And it was the thing of the the on the slate and on the chairs they had the Jurassic Park logo like Jurassic World logo the T-Rex and in the you know it was the logo Jurassic World Dominion but it was done up in the style as the original Jurassic Park and everyone was like whoa this is so different from you know Jurassic World's blues and grays and stuff i mean some of the fire red was reintroduced into Fallen Kingdom but I, I almost personally was like, well, they're not going to just completely revert back to the original park branding for for Jurassic World three. But there, but as some people were rightly saying, it's like the original cast is back. It's kind of treated as Jurassic Park six. It it feels like Colin's really setting us up to obviously there's going to be so many elements of Jurassic World blue and Macy and Claire and Owen and stuff. So there's plenty. You know, we're basically getting the supporting cast from Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom also in this movie, as well as the original Jurassic Park cast. So it just seemed too good to be true that they would go full classic Jurassic with it. But on Amblem's website, they pretty much run with that look for all the stuff. And so it's only on Amblem's website. It's not on Universal. It, there's so much to remains to be seen between now and when Dominion comes out. And who knows if that, del- you know, I mean, ultimately, right now, times are so uncertain. God, I slipped in some bad news into this section. Uh, you know, it who remains to be seen if Jurassic World Dominion will hit that June 11th release date next year. But I honestly don't want to speculate or scope too much. It's just, it's too early to just get disappointed or whatever but i personally think i mean i on the, at this point i'd rather people take their time and do and do this schedule that they originally set and in fact i hope they get more time because all films could benefit from more time because films everything's always rushed nowadays so more time is always better uh so yeah i i'm i'm okay if the release date is pushed back but you know, remains to be seen. Anyway, enough of the bad news. But so the Dominion assets are on the Emblem website. I'll link to that. It's just really cool. And it seems like everybody's really digging it. This kind of it's it feels fresh, you know, and in, in modern, but it's got much more of the Jurassic Park of the yellow and the red throwback. So I don't know. I really like it. And on Instagram, Colin Trevorrow recently confirmed that he wants to that. I mean, it seems that it's happening. Um, you know, we haven't got any official word yet from anybody. And obviously Dominion is still has been barely filmed yet. So th- this I think it's going to be a while before this. But 
we never got, you know, so many Star Wars and the Marvel movies and Pixar films get these beautiful art books and film art books and stuff like that. And, you know, concept art and early concepts and just, you know, much more insight into the pre-production production process with beautiful art and pictures and things like that in interviews. And so we never got anything like that for Jurassic World. We never got anything like that for Fallen Kingdom. And yeah, Colin on Instagram confirmed with a fan comment being like, yes, Bayona and I are collaborating on an art book for this trilogy, which is really exciting. Uh, That's really great news. As somebody who like loves Jurassic so much and wants to see because Jody Duncan put together two great behind the scenes books for Jurassic Park and Lost World with all that kind of material. You can find those books on eBay and stuff everywhere. They're really cool. But, you know, it was always disappointing that we never got anything like that for, uh, yeah, for this new trilogy. And so that's such great news. You know, we as far as like tie in material and stuff, it's it's slim pickings for Jurassic fans. You know, we don't have all the great tie in stuff like Marvel and Star Wars fans do. I mean, we gotten some stuff. I mean, Evolution of Claire is amazing, but we I, I wish we had like evolution of every character book, you know, with behind the scenes, you know, with tie in stuff like that. So it's really exciting to hear that there was at least the smallest confirmation that people are thinking about it. So, and especially from Colin. So that's great. And uh, we also got a confirmation that Michael G- um, Michael Giacchino is returning to score Jurassic World Dominion. I mean, it makes sense. And I'm super excited about it. I love Giacchino and what he's done with the franchise and John Williams' music. And I truly hope there is some place for Amy Doherty, who scored Battle of Big Rock, because she fucking killed it, synthesizing Williams and Giacchino and those scores and making it work. And this eight little, this eight minute little short film, eight little minute short film. And so I hope there's a place for her in the Jurassic franchise in the future. But I'm so glad that Michael Giacchino is coming back. And that's pretty much it as far as film news goes. But also the Naturalist Museum of L.A. put out this really cool press release of the smallest dinosaur ever discovered. So this article, this press release put up at the Naturalist Museum titled A Tiny a Tiny Dinosaur and a Big Discovery. An international team, including Natural History Museum scientists, discovered the smallest dinosaur ever found almost perfectly preserved. It's such a beautiful photo. It's hard to tell what I'm looking at, but... I mean, it's amber. It's pure Jurassic. An international team, including scientists affiliated with the Natural History Museum, discovered the skull of a tiny dinosaur trapped in 99-million-year-old amber from Myanmar. Myanmar? It's about the size of a bee hummingbird, making it the smallest dinosaur discovered yet. The findings were published today in Nature. The new species is named uh, Ocula dentavis, or eye-tooth bird, for its weird features, large eyes, and lots of teeth. Researchers found that uh, Aki, Aklu, I'm going to just say Akla Dentavis, Akla Dentavis. Research, researchers, she just got to get into the rhythm of it. Researchers found that Akla Dentavis had more teeth than any other fossil bird, suggesting that despite its tiny size, Akla Dentavis was a predator. It earned the nickname the Cretaceous Terror of Insects by Dr. Jinmai O'Connor, Senior Professor, Institute of Vertebrate Paleontology and Paleoanthropology of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Research associate at Naturalist Museum and a lead author of the study. Whew. I hope one day to have some long title, Stephen Ray Morris, podcast producer of the, you know, something like that. You fill in the blanks. Give me a title. Uh, there's some cool art in here of an artist rendering by Han Zhikzen. 
Uh, this like tear this bird being like 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 jumping on an insect or about to him. That insect doesn't know what's coming. Analysis targeted at understanding the relationship between Ocula dentavis and other fossil birds birds suggests that the tiny the new tiny bird is a very primitive placed between Archaeopteryx, your boy, Archaeopteryx, the oldest, 155 to 150 million years old, and the most primitive bird, and the most primitive bird, or and most primitive bird, Jalonahart Jalornis, Jalornis, a long bunny-tailed bird from 120 million-year-old deposits in China. It was an especially remarkable find. Dr. Luis Chappie, great dude, uh, Natural History Museum's senior vice president of research and collections and director of the Dinosaur Institute. Seriously, Dr. Luis Chappie is a super awesome guy, does great work, and is truly a gentleman. I am so glad to have met him. Uh, it's lucky this tiny creature was preserved in amber, as such small fragile animals aren't common in the fossil record, Dr. Uh, Chiapi said. Dr. O'Connor was thrilled by this discovery. It's really the coolest specimen that I've ever had the honor and been lucky enough to study. This is not something you find every day. And there's a little video, so you can watch that. Uh, yeah, so I'll include a link to that and a link to the video and stuff. It's really cool. I really miss doing dinosaur news. Uh, hopefully I can, I want to start doing more dinosaur specific stuff soon. So it was really great to read this and, uh, and read that, you know, that the museum that I've worked with, you know, in many capacities and had my birthday at, uh, is, is part of this big discovery. So that's really cool. So, uh, you know, if you want to hear dinosaur, I know folks want to hear, hear me do more dinosaur news and please let me know. And I love seeing all the different you know, people are sharing it in the group and stuff. So that's really rad that you guys are keeping each other informed when I drop the ball. So no, but uh, yeah, I want to try doing more dinosaur news in these episodes or in other ways that I can think of. So yeah, so that's all the news, the news to fit the mood. I don't know. As far as what I've been up to, it's mostly been binging Westworld. And I hope you've been enjoying that series a lot. See Westworld right Tonight, as I'm recording this, I'm going to watch episode three of season three after this. And again, it's been super fun. And I've noticed so many people are huge Westworld fans, which brings me so much joy. I mean, and again, it's this thing of like, I'm so sad I didn't discover this sooner because there is so much of the DNA of Westworld in Jurassic Park and vice versa. And kind of seeing those connections has been super fun. And yeah, so go over if you haven't listened to those yet. I mean, I, I I mean, I guess you can if you haven't seen Westworld, probably watch Westworld. But if you just don't care to watch it and you just want to hear my thoughts on it, it's all spoiler stuff. So you can just go listen. But um, maybe that'll encourage you. I don't know, because sometimes for me, if I'm not sure about watching something or listening to something or whatever, like I kind of just read spoilers of something and it's like. Oh, okay, now that I know where it's going, now that I know what the point of it is, it almost encourages me to want to check it out. So maybe that's a good endorsement if you if you don't feel like watching. I mean, there's been some shows where I'm like, I'm just reading. I think, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched or no, I didn't watch. I watched I maybe watched like the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if that but I mostly just read the recaps for the, like for the first six seasons, like every, whatever the episodes would come out and IO nine would publish the IO nine and collider would do recaps. I would read those recaps every week, even though I had no intention of like ever catching up with the show. I mean, I, it was, I mean, it sounds like a good show, but I just never watched the show actually. And instead I just read recaps of the episodes. I don't know. That's weird, but I don't know. Anyone else do that? I, I, 
I don't feel like I'm alone in that. I feel like other people probably do that too. So, but yeah, that's mostly been my thing. Just hanging out here, learning to play the ukulele again. Oh, I, Sam Neil, Sam Neil's ukulele coronavirus lockdown videos are so they're really encouraging. And I suggest if you haven't caught any of them that you do, because I just watched him play a cover of Radiohead's creep on the ukulele. And I'm like, well, if, if Sam Neil, you know, I mean, obviously I wish they'd be filming Dominion right now, but Hey, if, if, if Sam Neil's on lockdown right now, waiting to film Dominion and he's serenading us with ukulele covers of Randy Newman and Radiohead, I am all for it. You know, it, it truly has been a light in, in these times. And again, has encouraged me to start p- playing ukulele again and stuff. And Hey, the mini theme song, the mini theme song is on the ukulele. So I should try and le- relearn that. And maybe I'll play it live one of these times or something, which would be really fun. Yeah. So, Oh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, it just, it reminded me because on the fallen kingdom, special features, Justice Smith wrote a song on the ukulele for to sort of commemorate the ending of filming in Hawaii for Fallen Kingdom. And I'm like, how great would it be if Sam Neill wrote a song on ukulele for when they returned to filming Dominion? I think that would be so sweet and such a nice little connection. And Justice is going to be in Dominion so they could collaborate and do a song together. And that would be nice. So anyway, the only other really thing Go, the only other goings-ons right now is uh, Brenna's daughter, Luna. We, we we show her Jurassic Park, and, you know, she it's it's so much fun. We, when we I think she mentioned it when we did our little, like, reaction to the Collider event. But when we met Colin Trevorrow, it was so cool to tell him that, oh, you know, we watched Battle of Big Rock with uh, her three-year-old, and it was the kind of thing of, like, just when I watched Jurassic Park as a kid where it's like, you're scared, but then you're excited and you're like, Oh, he ate him. And like, so it's, you know, it's fun to watch Jurassic Park with kids. And yeah, (laughs) the best part was when it was when Luna said was just randomly saying Courtney, Courtney James Clark's lines from the movie. Uh, She, she said it about blue, but you know, the Mosasaur line, which I thought was very cute. And other than that, I picked up playing Jurassic Park for the Sega Genesis, the OG Jurassic Park game. It kind of plays like ass, I'm not going to lie. And I remember that at the time, too. The controls are so stiff, but it's still fun. And I am I think I have to get over the hump right now because I'm not doing very well. But I do want to do something like a live stream of me playing it. Uh, it seems like people are interested in that. But yeah, I want to do some sort of group hang stuff. There's the Netflix party app that is through. It's only through Chrome, unfortunately, uh, or like through desktop or laptop applications. You can't do it on your phone or on like a Roku or Apple TV. But Netflix party is like a group chat where you can watch Netflix all simultaneously. You can all watch the same thing simultaneously. And so I was thinking about doing something like that as well for us to hang out, you know, uh, just, just stuff to, again, you know, the hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic, keep our spirits up during these times. So let me know what you're thinking. If there's anything I can do fun live stream stuff. Hey, maybe, uh, read chapters. I know Amanda from wine and crime is reading chapters of Animorphs every morning. I think at like 10 or noon central or something like that. So go to her, go to the wine and crime 
socials to see when that is. But so it's, you know, I, I love that everyone's kind of doing this quarantine content and doing things to really like lift people's spirits up the fall line. Laura was doing some readings over on the fall line socials and stuff like that. So I want to try and do more stuff like that. I think I've definitely been more down, like I've been more overwhelmed by a lot of this stuff, but I'm again, seeing people really take the initiative and really look out for each other has really inspired me to, to, you know, just want to help out in a, in any way that I can too. So we'll see, I guess. Uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely want to put some stuff together. I think I just need a little more time to figure stuff out. I mean, just even logistically ways of streaming and things like that. And, you know, getting the right cable so that, you know, my phone doesn't die in the middle of recording a podcast now remotely or, you know, things like that, hooking up the TV to a zoom, all that good stuff. So just getting the logistics out of the way and the existential dread, uh, and then we'll be having a good time. So I think this is another good spot to take a break to answer our question of the month. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name's Ezwa. I... And who do you think's coming... Who do you want to see come back as a cameo for uh, Dominion? I want Surprise. to see... Flex and Tim, uh-huh. Gray and Zach. Yeah. I also want to see some dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, which dinosaurs do you want to see? Um, I want to see Carnotaurus, Mosasaurus, um, Rexy, Blue. Oh, actually, I also want to know Triceratops is going to come back for real. Um, and I also want to do Brachiosaurus. I want to see that come back. And Spinosaurus. And um, Ornithalustes. Ornithalustes? Ornithomimus. Oh, I meant to say Ornithomimus. <laughs> I'm silly. Anyone else? Nope. <laughs> Thank you so much. I always love when you guys call in and everything like that. So that is the question of the month, of course. Let me throw it up here. Any surprise cameos you're hoping for? Human or dinosaur? Or any least likely cameos? I know that's such a weird question, but it more involves inside baseball rather than what you want or what you don't want. More of like what isn't 
like, why would they do that? <laughs> uh, anyway, so I really appreciate, uh, I, I mean, all of Ezra's choices are good. I mean, look, I'd love to see Ornitholestes and Orthonomimus. Oh, well. Uh, and also Dusty wrote in her thoughts as well, too. So I was going to read that right now. Dominion seems to be shaping up character-wise, so I'm hoping they can find a way to bring back a few characters from past movies. First, I really want to see Sarah Harding come back, maybe hanging out and observing the Stegosaurus family. The Kirbys would be fun to see because you know Eric channels his PTSD and immediately goes into survival mode. I'm really hoping we see Lex and Tim. I think a surprise cameo from them would be a nice way to close this chapter of the franchise. As for those who may be unlikely to return, and I know this could be controversial. Controversial. But I'm not sure Billy Brennan will return unless he gets caught stealing raptor eggs. In this case, it would be Blue's eggs, and we all know that won't end well. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, that would not be... Billy, you gotta learn your lesson, you know? And, uh, <laughs> uh, dinosaurs I'd like to see. I'm hoping we get to see that beautiful Nasutoceratops family from Battle of Big Rock. I think that would be really cool. I don't know if we need to see the family again. They, you know, I like Battle of Big Rock because it's this idea of the people being affected by the dinosaurs. But in a sense, I would love to see the, you know, to, to see the, to see the Nasutoceratops family again would kind of be a nice nod to the idea that, you know, Battle of Big Rock is this canon piece of Jurassic media. However, I also hope to see the Spinosaur as well. Maybe the Spino and Rexy can have a rematch and Rexy can cement her place as top theropod. We also need the Dilophosaurus to come back. Uh, hope you're doing well and staying virus-free. These are crazy, weird times. Thanks for all your hard work, Dusty. Well, thank you, Dusty. And yeah, I mean, in Fallen Kingdom, there was supposed to be a full-on rematch between the Spinosaurus and Rexy. Well, I guess technically Rexy, it wouldn't be a rematch between Rexy because Rexy didn't, you know, the poor junior got his neck snapped by the Spinosaurus in the lost world. So it wouldn't be, it would just be a rematch between those species. So that was supposed to be happen in Fallen Kingdom, but didn't because it would be such a strange thing to put a nod to JP three in the middle of this other movie. But uh, I think maybe there's more of a place for it in Dominion. I don't know. I mean, it's funny sometimes when thinking about Dominion, because the concept of it, the dinosaur spreading across the world, in my mind, feels very peaceful to me. <laughs> because, you know, Colin said that it's not about these dinosaurs spreading. It's not about dinosaurs invading cities, but it's about, you know, the idea of like coyotes in the city, and, you know, creatures in nature, like, that doesn't inherently feel violent to me, even though obviously in the Battle at Big Rock viral video segment at the end, you know, you see a stegosaurus fucking knock a knock a car off, you know, uh, a cliff. So, yeah, I know that there will be violence and dinosaur and human action and dinosaur and dinosaur action. But for some reason, I can't the the type of showdown at the end of Jurassic World or the Spinosaurus T-Rex fight. For some reason, it's just I don't. For some reason, I feel like they're going to lean away from that. I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea what to expect. But thank you again for your email, Dusty. And now I want to go to... You know what? Let's read... I'm getting all my papers. Let's read the uh, Facebook group. Um, yeah, let's go to the Facebook group. See Jurassic Right podcast. And actually, speaking of Dusty, uh, Zelma and Dusty had a great... Uh, had a great thread in the Facebook group. I'm not going to read it all, but 
I encourage you, I think if you just search Zama and Dusty, or if you search Sarah Harding, actually, I think you'll find this thread and it's really good. Um, cause Zelma starts responding to the question by Sarah motherfucking Harding, teaching people how to jump off freight ships. Uh, and Dusty responds, Sarah Harding for the win. She's got to have been working in dinosaur conservation all these years. What if she trains Zia and paleo veterinary? That would be a crazy twist. Um, the possibilities, I mean, uh, yeah, this is Zelma responding. I mean, she was clearly okay working for Engine under Hammond and may have found Masrani to be a kindred spirit to Hammond, though I don't see her being okay with a zoo environment. I do see her remaining involved in con- conservation advocacy. I don't think her experiences with Rex or Raptors would have turned her off dinosaurs like they seem to have done for Grant and Malcolm, which I think, yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's why I think there's such a push for Julian Moore to return, for Sarah Harding to return, because kind of like Ellie Sattler, although I think Ellie Sattler is probably a little bit more sensible in that way, whereas I, whereas Sarah Harding, yeah, I mean, she's like Steve Irwin or like any animal conservation, somebody, not Joe Exotic, uh, although I guess he did love those tigers. But, you know, it's... it's the, you know, there's that element of your the danger and the risk. And Sarah Harding was already doing that with lions and tigers and bears. And what's what's another what's a velociraptor in that sense? So I could totally see her not necessarily being, you know, totally turned off by dinosaurs after the events that she after the I mean, essentially, I mean, if you think about Lost World, they go through this experience on Isla Sorna. They get off the island. They're safe. They don't have to do anything. And yet her and Malcolm decide to go and dive back in and rescue the kid. Uh, so I to- it's totally believable. Anyway, yeah, I really like I, and I really like this idea of because, you know, in this thread that Dusty and Zelma are doing, uh, Sarah and Zia becoming friends. And I really love that. And that's the fan fiction that I want to see is them just becoming bros and brown out. Uh, all about dinosaur conservation and help in saving dinosaurs. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, if Sarah Harding sees Blue and the work that Zia did, she'd be like, oh, my God, you're a genius. So, yeah, I love that idea so much. Thank you, Zelma and Dusty, for kicking off this thread. I loved it. And then uh, Kate uh, from the Facebook group says, totally want Spinosaurus to appear for a bit. I can see Eric Car- Eric Kirby being part of the movie. He knows how to live with dinosaurs and survive. Same thing with Eric Kirby. I definitely... I've definitely, because we've never seen any of these kids come back fully grown up, it's hard to know how they, how they dealt with all this. I mean, truly Lex and Tim, it's like their father's, their grandfather's legacy with all this and opening dress. It's just, it'd be so interesting to, because now the kids from, all the kids from the original trilogy are all, you know, our age, they're all fully grown adults now. And so it'd be curious to know, um, how a kid grew up having had this experience uh, with dinosaurs. I don't know. It'd be very interesting. I mean, it would almost be interesting enough to be its own thing (laughs) in a way. Like, you know, again, I keep pushing for this Lex TV show that is used to bridge all the Crichton stories and stuff, because I think having a childhood where you went to Jurassic Park and almost got eaten by raptors would certainly shape your worldview. So anyway, uh, I love... uh, yeah, I would love to see Eric as well, even if for a minute. And yeah, Kate also says Sarah Harding. And then uh, Steve Yanomine, friend of the Percast, friend of this show, 
friend friend of all the all the things. He's he's a good guy. And he says, same of the three Kirby's. I think Eric should be the one to be brought back. He survived on his own for the more time than anyone else. Yeah, give Trevor more and then Zelma just chimes in. Give Trevor Morgan a call. I'm sure he'd be up for it. So anyway, I love all the Facebook group. And finally, let us close things out with the Twitter thread at SJRPod on Twitter. At Jurassic Soul says, Kirby references, please. Oddly want to know how Vivian is doing. Seriously, has now, well, now that we know that Jake Johnson is coming back, has he moved on or is he still thinking of Vivian? Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Souls, we stand Billy and Dilophosaurus. Please and thank you. Diana at Daiku um, says, <laughs> just Dilophosaurus. And at number one spitter says, hey, that's my line. Uh, if you guys don't follow at the number one spitter, at the underscore one underscore spitter. It's the greatest account. And yeah, the Lophosaurus needs to be in Jurassic World Dominion. Um, Lewis Lee, Jurassic Korea. Great dude. Uh, Sarah Harding, Billy Brennan, Spinosaurus, Lophosaurus, Biosyn, more than a cameo. That was the, oh yeah, I guess I'm spoil. You can hear all my papers. I'm spoiling this in a sense from this thread, but it's funny to me that the, as far as like likely versus unlikely, which again, the unlikely thing is silly. Mostly is a chance for me to dig at Billy Brennan. Sorry, Billy. Um, not sorry. Uh, but seriously, the winners of this thread, as you'll see, are Sarah Harding, the Dilophosaurus, and Biosyn, actually. And, you know, it's so funny because Biosyn itself, the rival company that Dotson in the original Jurassic Park worked for, you know, the company that wanted to basically in the book, in the books they go and that company has much is much more fleshed out. But essentially just want to steal the embryos and start growing their own dinosaurs without having done any of the work to develop those embryos. That really has never been a thread in the Jurassic movies. And in again, Biosyn itself is never explicitly mentioned by name in Jurassic Park. So I was somebody in the camp of, and especially because the actor who played uh, Dotson is a rapist and pedophile and is in prison right now. I was just like, there's no way Biosyn's coming back as a concept. There's no way that Dotson characters come back because, you know, in Lost World, they kind of made Ludlow, the sort of Dotson character. They kind of, kind of transposed a lot of what Dotson did in the book as far as like the villain character in, uh, in the Lost World movie. So yeah, I, I just really truly never, I really never, put any stock in this Biosyn stuff. But I don't know, the more I think about it, it kind of means Biosyn's a blank slate. And so if if the plot of Dominion involves all these rival companies, all these new companies now have the technology to make dinos, I think that they could have a Biosyn. And it wouldn't necessarily be directly related to the original Biosyn in that sense, but in kind of name only, use that as a great jumping off point and then i think it's just a great nod to fans but i don't think they're if they do have a biosyn in the movie they're not going to be like dotson or you know like biosyn's here see nobody cares like they're i i think it's just going to be a cool nod rather than like and i think maybe if with the stress park tv show in a way maybe establishing a rival company like biosyn is more of like creating fertile ground for the future so anyway that was my spiel on biosyn but i but i would say that that biosyn is getting a lot of votes here as well uh neems uh neema neems uh movie poster guy sarah queen of pop harding Ooh, at belgian jurassic i like what he had to say least likely hammond and lockwood and macy flashbacks 
most likely limb and tex. Limb and tex. Oh, God. I'm losing it, you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Lex and Tim. And yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, that's a good question to answer. Oh, I meant to I meant to post this on social because Jessica Chastain was trending on Twitter. And um yeah, I had this thought the other day that like, are we gonna get any Macy flashbacks in Fallen Kingdom? It's like they would have, you know, the original Macy Lockwood says, you know, uh she would have saved them all. And it's such a beautiful, evocative line combined with the the team heading to Nublar. But I, I just in this movie, I'm like, is there room to to tie in original Macy's story into the greater narrative? I don't know. It's so bizarre. There's so many interesting threads in Fallen. Like Fallen Kingdom to me is, is still the most interesting Jurassic film since the original because it really opens up the world. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. But there's only two more. Uh, Collector Paleo says Sarah Harding had better at least have a significant cameo. Honestly, everyone who survived should be mentioned in one way, which. It's as a Jurassic fan, it's like, that's what I want so bad. You know, you want to know, I mean, especially I think that's why to me, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, Minisode, or no, I think I mentioned it on, I've just been, if you don't follow uh, C Jurassic on Instagram or Twitter, please do. I'm posting a lot of like, cause I'm stuck at home. I'm just going through all my Jurassic ephemera and just finding out and just finding cool little interesting things. And in the Jurassic World Survival Guide, they talk a lot about, or they like mention how Hoskins trapped the Pteranodons from Jurassic Park three. And that's how he got his gig at InGen or like how he moved up the ranks at InGen. I think the most interesting time other than right now, when the dinosaurs are spreading across the globe is the time between Jurassic Park three and Jurassic world, because for these, for the thir- first three movies of these characters going through this experience kind of in secret to all of a sudden now, in like 2004, 2005, 2005, when Jurassic World officially opens to the public. And it's like, oh, yeah, dinosaurs are just a thing now. And it's like, wait, but I was running around being terrorized by dinosaurs and nobody believed me. So it's like, I think what a Paleo Collector is saying here, it's like it, you really want to know what's going on in the minds of the people who survived the first three movies because it's like reacting to every, you know, and it's that thing with like Fallen Kingdom. It's like, you can kind of read in between the lines of of where Malcolm's been since Lost World, but you truly don't get any insight. And it's, I think all of us are just, we want to hear what Ellie Sattler or anybody, you know, uh, Dr. Grant, like you want, you want to know what they think of all this. And so I definitely am like, I just want to know if the Kirby's are trying to cash in on this. And it's like Kirby's t- paint and tile dinosaur plus where it's like, Get your floor done by the person who survived the, you know, who survived the dinosaurs. Get your, get your new bathroom tile done by the guy who survived the dinosaurs. Like, I can totally see them cashing in on that kind of thing. I could totally see, well, you know, William H. Macy's Paul Kirby totally going, you know, he, he's like the Joe Exotic of the Jurassic franchise. I just said that. Anyway. The last one is from Cast Cretaceous. Just Billy, really. He's the only character I really liked outside of the main trio and out of everyone who hasn't been killed, maybe Eric. And I think that's a good note on because I think I've been too hard on Billy. And I, I mean, to bring it really full circle, I, I like Brennan and I have talked a lot about. I mean, it, it almost the way Billy was such a puppy dog for Grant 
unless Billy truly made it out on his own or Grant went away, like I don't see Billy abandoning Grant so easily. So it's like what happened in between Jurassic Park three. And now if Billy doesn't come back, did he just kind of get his own? I just, (laughs) I don't see Billy getting his own life. See, I'm being harsh on Billy again. Billy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so curious. I, I personally, I would love, I think again, this thing of, I don't think this needs to be Avengers. It's already shaping up to be Avengers Endgame stacked cast for Dominion. But for these smaller characters, even if if they don't do even like visual cameos and stuff like that, like I think I would just really want more. This is this is where the time content is king. And it's like I would love to see I was talking to Jurassic Souls on Twitter and he had a cool thread about like just, you know, this kind of thing. And it's like, I would love a tie-in novel where you just, it's almost like an anthology collection of short stories, Battle of Big Rock style. And that's where you get to catch up with all the kind of minor characters um, since, since they're, you know, since we last saw them in stories. And I think that to me feels more appropriate for the Kirby's or Billy or, uh, you know, I mean, I guess just them, you know, and some of the kids and stuff, you know, it's just I, I want it all to be in there in Dominion, but I don't want it to be at the expense of the main story that they're trying to tell, if that makes sense. So let me know what you think. And oh, for this month's question, I told you I was going to circle back on the TV show. And yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, now that this thing has been announced, it is reportedly that's the other thing I forgot to mention up top, but it's but they say that it will obviously be in the, in the same continuity as the movies. And what would you want from a Jurassic TV show? Do you want to continue the main plot? Um, do you want an anthology Battle of Big Rex style TV show side characters? I I personally think right up. The, I'm just going to say what I think right up the top. I think they're bringing back all these characters from past Jurassic's for a reason. I think it's. It's, as I said, the last mini-sode in that article comparing Jurassic to the Fast and the Furious franchise, which is appropriate because they're both universal. Maybe this Dominion film is truly just a place setting for the future of the franchise. And by bringing back all these characters, reminding us and making all these characters relevant again, they can go off and do their own thing. So if there is like a team Jurassic TV show with Justice and Daniela and Jake Johnson and Barry, um, Omar Sy, like it makes sense because now we've seen him in the most recent film. It would, it, it would feel less relevant if we're like, oh, the last time we saw them was, you know, in Jurassic World. But now that we know what they're up to, now that the dinosaurs have spread across the globe, it makes more sense to follow their journey now instead of starting it all the way back at, you know, when we originally saw them. So I don't know. Let me know what you think. What kind of Jurassic TV show do you want? Do you want it to be set in a different timeline, you know, pre dominion or at least have the opportunity for flashbacks? Maybe it's an original Macy TV show who, you know, set in the original Jurassic park timeline. It could be anything. Let me know. Call 323-688-6869. I'd love to hear more voicemails again. I know I've been kind of, kind of been slacking on, on, on those and stuff, but I really appreciate when you guys call in, uh, you can send me an email, cdressright at gmail.com, or again, comment in any of the social posts, and I'll read it on the show. So, uh, hmm, how should we end this? Um, maybe I'll play, let's let's have Sam Neill serenade us out. So, thank you again. I hope you're s- staying safe, staying Jurassic, 
and I'll see you very soon. Thank you. Sing a song of long ago when things were green and moving slow. People stop and say hello. Well, they'd say hi to you. Would you like to come over for tea with the missus and me? It's a real nice way to spend the day in Dayton, Ohio, on a lazy Sunday afternoon in 1903. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Right on Instagram, See Jurassic Right on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Ride is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.